0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz Today. Georgia did not go the way the Republicans wanted. That is a purple peach right there. Tony Katz. Tony Katz Today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Now, wanting to make sure we get you everything, there is so much going on first there's Georgia. Where where we stand right now, Raphael Warnock has defeated Kelly Leffler, but Kelly Leffler has not conceded and that race is tight. 50.6% to 49.4%, that's a 1.2 spread. In the Ossoff-Purdue race, it's showing John Ossoff ahead by 0.4. 50.2% to 49.8%. Under a half percent, that's an automatic recount. Now, John Ossoff is already declaring a victory. Well, that's exactly what John Ossoff is going to do. It's what I would do as well. But we don't know if there's a victory there. Were there any shenanigans, as one could expect? Well, we heard a couple places, like in Savannah. They said, all right, we're done for tonight. We'll come back and count tomorrow. Who does this? You count until you're done. Tell people to get themselves a power bar and a Red Bull and keep on counting. We'll see where this goes. It is possible Purdue can pull it out. It is possible that Democrats will have control. And that is not a fun situation, kids. Not at all, nor in any way. That is not what any of us are going for, any of us want, or any of us desire. Well, I shouldn't say any of us. I don't want it. I assume you don't want it. But there could be somebody who's like, oh, this is everything I wanted. You know, in some ways, I want uh, those people who voted on emotion and did not vote on intellect uh, to get exactly what they voted for. A progressive country or a progressive leadership that is so beyond oppressive in all their wokeness that they don't want you to use the terms aunt or uncle. By the way, this is part of the new house rules. The new house rules state that you have to be genderless. You can't say aunt or uncle. It's parent, sibling. You can't say niece or nephew. It's sibling's child. This, I, I can't make this up. This is as Orwellian and twisted and diseased as anything else out there. And this all stems from the idea that you're not allowed to misgender somebody or you have to use proper pronouns. No, if I use a pronoun and you tell me to use something else, I'm still gonna use the pronouns I want. And if you call me a name, I don't care. I'm not angry with you. You've chosen how to live your life. I don't judge. I will not be told what language to use, nor does it make you a guilty of anything, nor does it lead to anybody's suicide. It just doesn't, which is an argument you often hear. And as for the the House rules, well, they should be completely disregarded by the Republican Party. Every step of the way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what Nancy Pelosi says. It doesn't matter at all. Rather, what matters is a recognition that these people are out of their heads. And there are a lot of people out there, they just couldn't bring themselves to vote for Donald Trump. Oh, he's just such a terrible man. Okay, this is what you get. This is what you get. You voted for Biden. You keep Speaker Pelosi uh, as Speaker. You decided to take the two Georgia races and give them to Democrats. This is what you get. You get the liar Kamala Harris deciding votes in the Senate. By the way, there is a push, a push to get Joe Manchin to either flip parties or to caucus with the Republicans. Just become an independent, caucus with the Republicans. Have the power. Have the power. Just put the Senate control in the hands of Mitch McConnell and out of the hands of Chuck Schumer. And if you're Joe Manchin, that's an interesting position. I'm not saying he's going to do it, although you have heard me say on the show, at what moment does he just say, okay, I'm a Republican? This is crazy already. You should be there, Joe. It's West Virginia. The governor of West Virginia was a Republican, then became a Democrat, then was now a Republican. (laughs) They're used to it. And nobody has better name ID in any state than Joe Manchin has in West Virginia. No one in the country. He could get away with it. If he decided to be an independent and caucus with uh, the Republicans, making uh, Mitch McConnell the Senate Majority Leader, he could get things done. He could actually get votes going. Oh, power position. So, you know, why not? Why not give that a go? But that could be just nothing more than a, whole bunch of uh, of wishful thinking we'll kind of see how that plays out now the president speaking at the save america march right people gathering in washington dc because they're going to to save america now uh, eric trump and laura trump spoke don jr uh spoke so so we we have some of Don Jr. The problem is, were you able to edit that producer Ari? You know I was able to edit it. Come on. He started cursing. So what do you what why why why? Don Jr., what's stop it? I get that you're upset, but don't don't ruin it for people who want to share your words. Do we have a little bit of Don
1: Jr.? Can we share that? Well, you edited Trump. Let's see what you did. That have been fighting, that have been on the ground, that have mobilized to put good Republicans in those positions. Guess what, folks? If you're gonna be the zero and not the hero, we're coming for you, and we're gonna have a good time doing it. We gotta start fighting like the Democrats do, right? We gotta play their game. We gotta take their fight to them their way. Our reluctance to do the last few decades is why we are in the position that we are in. So today, friend or foe, today, Republicans, you get to pick a side for the future of this party. Again, I suggest you choose wisely. So Kimberly, thank you for all of your fight. How'd Kimberly do, folks? one of the great fighters out there, Uh, to my family, to my father, but most importantly, to all of you red-blooded, patriotic Americans. Thank you for being in this fight with us. Thank you for standing up to the bull Right? Amen, and a woman right (laughs) now yeah i know i know but but that shows you literally the mentality of where the democrat party is right i think i put it up on my instagram which is being censored to hell right now but like i put it up yesterday they spent money on a study that came to the incredible conclusion yesterday that Trans women playing in female sports have a competitive advantage. No,
0: all right. That's at least it was in context. No,
2: it was was funny. I laughed.
0: I mean, he's especially right about any study that would show that that uh, biological men have an advantage in most physical sports to biological women. Yeah, who's, who is shocked by, by, by such a thing? You know, it's just, y- you know that these things are going to be shared. Just make it easier on us to share it. That's, that's all I'm asking. But he sounds, you know, the, the one thing I will give him there is that he sounds joyous, right? He sounds upbeat. And I think it's very hard for people who have seen what's happened in this election cycle feel upbeat. And so one of the things I I absolutely want to do is help with that, right? Because there are reasons to be upbeat. And some of it's going to take real work. But it's work that should be done. Now, the president's going to speak uh, to this group, and I will share with you uh, as much of that as I can. And then the electors are going to get counted. There is a very unique conversation about why there should be no challenge to the electors. And what it leads to is this really great constitutional conversation. The problem? We're the only people interested in the Constitution. This is the issue, but I'm gonna share it with you so you have all of the information. I'm Tony Katz. Is a plane filled with people. A flight to DC and Senator Mitt Romney is on the plane, and people sitting in the seats are chanting traitor at Mitt Romney. Don't ever discount the anger. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, parlor. Uh, Tony Katz and, of course, Rumble, get the podcast, the appearances on Newsmax or Fox or anywhere else, all at Rumble and at TonyKatz.com. People are angry. And dismissing this is one of the biggest mistakes that is out there. I will tell you that the election has changed me. And what it has changed in me is something that's, well, to an extent, bothersome. And that is is that I've always viewed the show that I do the shows that I do, I can reach lots of people. I know that I, I have opinions, I have thoughts, but the style, right? I'm I'm not a red meat guy. I used to be a red meat guy, right? What I found is that if I bring it down a little and I just engage the way I know how to, I, I reach more people. People are, are, are connect to it better than if I'm just, you know, yelling, screaming, all those kinds of things, right? I, I guess it works for some people. It doesn't work for me. This has worked much, much better, and the success proves it right? And I know that I can reach people this way. What the election has told me is that maybe not. Maybe, Tony, your audience is 74 million people. And maybe, just maybe, things that you have been discussing about content and culture are very true, but it just needs to be focused. And people will eventually come around because they'll be like, hey, what's that cool stuff over there? Right? It's like when you see a line in front of a restaurant. Oh, hmm, must be a good restaurant. I better get online. That's now my entire methodology. Just, it's the old Steve Martin line. Be so good that they can't ignore you. My focus is on this, this group of people. Some of them willing to chant on a plane, agreed. Not the thing I would do. Why? Because when you're on a plane, there are rules. Sit there, be quiet, eat your peanuts, don't cause a problem. It's a plane. I want it to take off, I want it to land, I want everyone to live, get off the plane. Once you get off the plane, do anything you want. You be as as angry or as whatever as you choose on the plane, you act the part of the lady or the gentleman. That's what you do. So no, I don't approve of such a thing. But don't deny that those people are infuriated, which brings us to this real interesting constitutional question about the Electoral College Challenge, and I'll get into that. But first, uh, one of the big stories from yesterday, no charges against the officer who shot Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake, black man, Kenosha, Wisconsin, was reaching into his car, and police shot him seven times. That's the way the story gets told, but that's not the entirety of the story. The entirety of the story is that Jacob Blake was in a place he wasn't supposed to be. There was a restraining order against him from this woman. Uh, He was there. Jacob Blake would not listen to police. He would not obey commands at all. Jacob Blake had a weapon in his hand. He had something in his hand. I'm going to call it a weapon until someone can prove to me otherwise. Jacob Blake went to the front of the car, opened up the driver's side, and leaned in. Supposedly a knife on the floorboard as well. That could have been what was in his hand. Police telling him to stop and he wouldn't stop. In the car, three children. Now, you wanna just say, well, why did police shoot him seven times? Or do you wanna ask the question, why did he not listen? Why did he not listen? What's what's the purpose? What was the point of that? I've made the argument that one of the things that we've done is that we have excoriated police to the point where the police are afraid to take action. And then we have so told the populace that the police are racist bigots, this, that, and the other, that they feel emboldened not to listen to the police because after all, they're racist bigots, what have you. So the police are unsure of how to act and the suspect is guaranteed that someone's going to take video making the police officer look guilty even if they're not listening. That's a pretty ugly position to be in. And for a lot of people it's going to take away um you know rational conversation. Three kids in the car he wasn't listening to cops he opened the door and he reached in. He starts turning If the officer thought that he had a weapon, officer's going to fire. If he had just gotten in his car and run officers over, would that have been okay? Well, nobody would have gotten shot. That is a nonsense, garbage, trash answer. Now, I'm not going to argue that Wisconsin is going to have to explain to the people of Wisconsin exactly why there were no charges filed. This, that, the other. They're going to have to get onto the same page about was he holding a weapon, was he reaching for a weapon, difference between the state police and the, and the prosecutors. But it's not okay to just think of this in one view. It's not acceptable to say, well, cop guilty. No, there are times where the cop is guilty. I'm pro cop, I'm not pro bad cop. I'm not pro abusive cop and I find too many cops to be way too abusive. I, I say so. I absolutely say so. For example, I've had people get on my case about no-knock warrants. I oppose no-knock warrants. My job is not to make a police officer's job easier. I was asked by a police officer about this directly. And I said, point blank, in a nose-to-nose conversation, polite nose-to-nose conversation, my job is not to make your job easier. I don't give up my rights so you can do your work. If you can't do your work, okay. I'm not giving up a single right to the police, not doing it, which I think is a very acceptable and prudent way to think. But we're now into the place where we're not listening to commands. We utilize the police for a purpose. And that leads to the whole conversation of, well, we really need to defund the police. No, we need to rethink policing. No, you meant defund the police. We get you. We heard you. You think that all cops are racist and all cops are bigots. Well, the the, the Black Lives Matter contingent does. And I'm not talking about your neighbor who's black, or you if you're black. I'm talking about actually the organization, the Marxist organization, Black Lives Matter. That's what they think, and this is what they push out there. And there are academics who totally agree with this, and politicos who totally agree with this, when of course this isn't true. Are there probably cops who exist who are racist? Sure, and anti-Semite? Sure, and anti-gay? Sure. And anti-white? Sure, and anti-black? Sure. I can say the same things about politicos and bank managers, teachers. Why? The bell curve doesn't have two sides? What does President Trump have to say to the assembled crowd? And what is the constitutional conversation about electors? And why does anybody think Mike Pence can stop this thing? This is Tony Katz today. So is there an argument to be made regarding challenging the electors? Meaning for those people who say, well, it's okay to challenge the electors. The law is on your side. You're more than welcome to do it. Is there an argument that says, are you sure you're welcome to do it? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Tony Katz, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. I say for the record... I am one of the people who has taken a look at this on a constitutional basis and said, you're okay with challenging the electors. You can do so. I believe it's actually a check and balance against the Supreme Court that didn't take up the case, for example, regarding Texas. Didn't really take up the case regarding Pennsylvania. I think there is, if you have a state like Pennsylvania that changed their rules on elections through the courts and not through the legislature, I think you have more than an acceptable conversation regarding usurpation of the legislative branch and therefore usurpation of the voters and other states could have a say in that. Clause two, article two, Section one of the U.S. Constitution, each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress. As the legislature thereof may direct is not the courts. And that is worthy of a challenge. And I have yet to see anything that tells me somehow that that is wrong. This is different than what Senator Ted Cruz has put forth, which is the idea of saying we need a 10-day audit of the vote, a la what took place in, what is it, 1877. Right? That's his argument. People have disagreed with this from Senator Ted Cruz, who, by the way, if it was unconstitutional, he'd be the guy to know. The argument that it's unconstitutional is one that's worthy of discussion from those of us who like worthy discussions, right? But what is not worthy of discussion is saying, well, you know, the Democrats tried this in 1969, 2001, 2005, and 2017, and that their conduct was disgraceful, and the Republicans rightfully shamed them for normalizing end runs around the Constitution. But just because the Democrats violated the norms does not mean that Republicans should follow suit. Those are not actually my words. Those are the words of Representative Mike Gallagher, Republican from Wisconsin. He's the 8th District of Wisconsin. That is opinion, and one based on politics. And I do not deny the man having an opinion. But that is not a constitutional argument against. I dismiss it. I. Dismiss it. Where I think he has an argument, and a very interesting one at that, goes to the idea of the objection. Now, Congressman Chip Roy went down this road. Congressman Chip Roy said, You take a look, if we're going to say that Trump's votes, right, the presidential election, it needs to be challenged in these states, we need to challenge the seating of every member of Congress, uh, representative and every senator from those states because they need to be challenged as well. So he put that out there. That is very interesting stuff. Because he's making a point if we're going to challenge, you have to challenge everything. Have a standard, child. You can agree or disagree with him, but he's making a point that you could say, okay, I see what he's saying. Here's why I agree or disagree. What Representative Gallagher says is that, as I read uh, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct, He says the reasoning goes, if courts or election commissions fail to follow a state's election laws to the letter, then Congress can rule an election unconstitutional and overturn it. But the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, Trump-appointed federal judges, argue that this is a distortion of the electors' clause. Not only does he bring up the idea of these other members of Congress— he states that if state legislatures feel that they have been injured or ignored, by either it be by governors or by election commissions or the courts, they could contest their state's slates of electors, yet they haven't done it. Now, in Wisconsin, there was a little bit of conversation about this, a resolution uh, about this. But as legislatures, I have, uh, I'm have i going back and I'm looking. Have any of them said, you know what, they certified this vote, but we're not, or these electors, we're not so sure we should do that. As a matter of fact, we wish to decertify. We're letting you know that there's a problem. The point Mike Gallagher makes is that their silence consents to the electoral college vote count. That's the exact quote. Their silence consents to the electoral college count. I do not believe that the moves today of Republicans in Congress are a usurpation of the rights of the people. I am not there. But there is a worthy conversation to be had regarding the Constitution. There's a worthy conversation to be had regarding whether or not we are indeed following, as the founders discussed it, In uh, Clause 2, in the 12th Amendment, whether or not we are playing by the same sets of rules than the proper rules. The very idea about how Democrats have done things, we don't want to do them like Democrats, that is the worst advice out there. Terrible advice. Because that advice means that we have to live by one set of rules and they live by another and that dog won't hunt not at all not in any single way
2: i'm fingers malloy with the bourbon minute brought to you by the eat drink smoke podcast Four Roses Distillery in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky already had big plans in the works for 2021. The Whiskey Wash reports that the makers of various expressions of Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey are set to expand their visitor center to build upon their already great guest experience as an official stop on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail by the end of 2021. But Four Roses isn't stopping there. The distillers recently cut the ribbon on a new 45,000 square foot warehouse facility that will accommodate more than 24,000 barrels of bourbon. All of this positions Four Roses to be ready to open their doors to even more visitors than before as the U.S. slowly emerges from the shadow of the pandemic. This was the Bourbon Minute brought to you by Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform, Eat, Drink, Smoke.
1: back to my place take
0: my makeup off so you know about the rally in D.C. right? The rally to save America Trump speaking, the president and Don Jr. and Eric and Lara Trump and CNN runs uh, the, the Chiron soon, Trump to speak to supporters in desperate coup attempt perfect perfect CNN Tony Katz, Tony Katz today TonyKatz.com for everything that you may have uh, missed on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Tony Katz. This is just as ridiculous and altogether pathetic as anything you can think of. Coup attempt, it is not. I think the argument is, hey, uh, uh, you're, you're the ones who stole the election. Who's doing the cooing? And as for the whole idea of widespread voter fraud, first, I dismiss the concept of widespread. Voter fraud is voter fraud. The idea of widespread is some moving of the goalpost that no one should pay attention to. Um, that's that's not an interesting conversation to me because fraud is the, really this this overarching terminology that we utilize uh, on, on on the subject of the impropriety. I don't see people, unfortunately, really debating the impropriety. And for the political left to be so silent about it is um, plenty bothersome. then again, uh, you know, people on the political left like Chris Cuomo are are very, very busy doing things like this. As the worst. We've never seen anybody abuse the office the way he has, not in our lifetime. Um, But the, the people, those who remain... The Kevin McCarthys, the people in the House, the people in the Senate um, who are enabling this, mm-hmm. who are complicit in it. You know, the man he called Lion Ted, the man he called uh, little, Marco, little Marco, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, you know, Bible Boy. You know, he's got a Bible quote for every moment. He just never speaks truth to power. Bible Boy. Well, that's not insulting at all. And when Chris Cuomo has the opportunity to speak truth to power, meaning his brother, he pulls out giant Q-tips and laughs as people die in nursing homes. And what was this you sent me, Producer Ari, that Chris Cuomo is going after
2: the, the nursing homes? Yeah, so uh, he's upset that they're—he says they're incorrectly reporting the death data in nursing homes, which is a little ironic if you know his history with nursing homes.
0: So the argument from the—as reported by the New York Post— He is fining nursing homes for missing deadlines to report data by as little as a minute, even though they've withheld figures on COVID deaths for months. And what's the fine? $2,000 a day. Man, they love fines. Same guy who said if you give a vaccine... To somebody who is not supposed to get it, meaning they're not yet eligible, they don't fit our requirements. You picture all the air quotes I'm doing here as Chris Farley. Uh, you can be fined a million dollars. So if you've got vaccines that are are, are going to uh, basically expire because they do expire quickly, and you're like, okay, we don't have any more any more hospital workers who want the vaccine because some people are are denying it, like in California, like now we're good. Well, what are you going to do with the vaccine? Give it to anybody who wants a vaccine. Oh, if you don't give it to just the elderly, you get fined and you can be thrown in jail. That's not good governance. That's big governance. That's big government. Big government is always, always, always the problem. It is never, ever, ever the solution. Our problem with government, um, pretty big right now. You know, as for what goes on with with the electors, of course, as as I've said, this has a 0.2% chance of working. But I'm aware of of such a thing. I've I've said uh, very, very uh, clearly, I don't mind recognizing that there are issues and saying so in a very public forum. But it's not going to move people. They didn't invent a system to now go follow. The system exists. As long as the system exists, let us, uh, let us utilize it to share with America exactly what the argument is. And they can, you know, make decisions for themselves in a rational, rational way. But in Georgia, the idea that Raphael Warnock, a guy who supports uh, Obama's pastor, Jeremiah Wright, a guy who thinks that Brexit is about ethnocentrism and hate, um, a guy who's got a checkered past with abuse of children and abuse of uh, of his ex. It's his ex, right? And he wins? So how does that happen? 50.6% of the vote, Raphael Warnock over Kelly Loeffler. And, yes, you're hearing the argument that this is all Brian Kemp's fault because Brian Kemp should have uh, placed Doug Collins as the senator. And he placed Kelly Loeffler. Remember when it happened? Kelly Loeffler just wasn't popular. And Kelly Loeffler, who's a serviceable senator, she's one of these people who, when coronavirus hit, uh, her husband, who chairs the New York Stock Exchange, uh, by the way, uh, they, they moved money around. That's a big thing. Still better than Raphael Warnock. And by the way, this was a where did race come into the conversation election. But it goes the other way. We're, we're now voting for people maybe only on skin color? That's a question I'd have. I can't wait to see the exit polling on that. How many people did it because of skin color versus how many people did it because they want Biden to have the power versus how many people who, who liked his policies? I would love to know that breakdown. It would be amazing. The other election, John Ossoff, the Democrat, who has never done anything with his life, 50.2% of the vote to David Perdue's 49.8% of the vote. What's going to happen there? Also don't have the answer. Now that, because it is within half a percent, that should generate an automatic recount. And they will go through it again. I have no idea, no idea if things will change or, or move from there, right? If, 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 if somehow and in some way uh, you, you, you get this, this vote reversal. What I do know is that for people on the political right, it's going to be a rough two years. It's going to be a really rough two years. And how does one deal with this? how does one deal with the fact that progressives are going to be the ones running the 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 show how how what is their plan for how to handle such a thing what is your plan for how to handle such a thing there have been people out there tweeting you know what now's the time to burn it all down Kick these Republicans when they're down. Make Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. a state and and never allow them an opportunity again. You want to know what was uh, on the ballot in this election? Things like that. You make Puerto Rico and D.C. a state. You give them four more senators because they'll all be uh, Democrats. And uh, best of luck. Best of luck. Having a future. That isn't a radical progressive future. And if you say to me, well, you know what? The problem is still Trump. And, you know, when they have a different Republican, it'll all be better. It's not who they are. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. They don't think that there are good Republicans. That's a lie. What they say about Mitt Romney, they hate Mitt Romney. He just hates Trump, so he's they they use him. Same thing with John McCain. They never thought anything of John McCain. They hated John McCain. You see, we think the political left is wrong. The political left thinks we are evil. There are problems and there's a way out. There's a way to view these things. And we have two choices. Do it or not, I'll be digging into it. Go to tonycats.com for anything you missed. This
1: is Tony Katz Today.